Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all 7 continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Hello friends, so welcome back to What's it really like to be a Royal Marine? Uh, part two. Um, should we get the shirt out of the way? Yeah. I just realised you can't see it, can you, from where you are? So what is it? Cotswold 24-hour race. So, yeah, that's a, a race I ran 24 hours non-stop. Um, so while we're on the subject, folks, if you want to know like the other week, what was it? I ran 107 miles nonstop. I did that on top of doing four Ironmen in a row. Um, the year before, ran from John O'Groats to Land's End, 1,000 miles not nonstop, carrying full equipment. Um, why am I saying this? Well, like I don't do all this training nonsense that everyone seems to be into these days, you know protein shakes and I I didn't even do any training to run a thousand miles the, the length of the country uh, for the quadruple Ironman I did eight weeks and I just ran like three miles one day four miles the next and made sure I you know didn't drown in the swimming pool right the reason I say this it's all mental and I've lived such a varied life now and a life of um, inquiry, you can say, that I now know how to achieve whatever I want. And very few people in this society do, right? There's a lot of unhappy people. There's a lot of people, there's people watching this now, young young men, young women, going to be in an office all your life. It's going to be miserable. If you don't want that, like and subscribe, folks, because I can't help you if you don't follow me, right? Um, yeah, like and subscribe. Well, you don't even have to like. You, you can say it's fucking load of shit, right? <laughs> but the subscribe helps, right? And uh, yeah, because I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth about the military. You won't be hearing any of this hero nonsense from me. You certainly won't be hearing it from my Marine buddies. That's not what we were. We didn't join up for hero. You won't find anyone that joined up to fight for king and country. You'll find young men, many of us from broken homes, that somehow needed to prove ourselves. And the Marines gave us that kind of elite avenue. It was the best. Could we do it? Um, and we joined up for the adventure. You know, when you're unemployed or you've got very few hopes in life or it seems that way the fact that you're going to get you know a thousand pounds a month which was a lot of money back when I joined up that's probably two thousand pounds a month now that's quite nice and all your medical paid and and you know I didn't join up I didn't even think about like going to war or fighting in combat that was just like that's just what marines do right I you don't think that far ahead I just saw a, an adventure, right? 
But when you understand, and again, I'm not going to get political in, in this video, but you need to understand the function that the Royal Marines and the rest of the British Armed Forces perform. And if you think that's for freedom and democracy, it, 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 I'm going to suggest like you've got some more learning to do on, on your journey. And again, you know, I can help help you with that. So, fizz. No, not that kind of fizz. Fizz, short for physical exercise, right? Central part of a Royal Marine's life. In fact, when I joined up, the standard second uniform for a Marine, for a Royal Marine, was Ron Hill Tracksters. You know those tight blue leggings with the red pipe stripe down, down the outside? Um, look a bit girly, really, don't they? But that was the, you know, that was a standard dress up that almost everybody wore in their off time. They'd stick a pair of jeans on when they were going to the pub, right? But but it was the Ron Hill Tracksters pair of Reebok training shoes, which we got issued. We were the we were among the first troops to get issued Reeboks. Round about I I was joined in eighty eight. I think it was round about eighty six they maybe came in. The reason they brought Reebok training shoes into the British military was because so many people were getting injured running in boots and running in rubbish plimsolls, which which was what what which was what you also got issued back then, right? So for the runs, they started moving away from the boots and moving into Reebok trainers in the hope it would would lessen injury. So. You get your Marine off duty, he's got his Ronald Tracksters, his Reebok trainers, he's got an Ocean Pacific surf shirt on. That was just the fashion back then, right? And a green Heli Hansen. That's your body warmer that you wear in Norway, right? Like your fleece. And it's it's yeah, you wore that rig a lot because you used you actually used it a lot. Obviously, you washed it, but because every morning in the Marines, pretty much, you fall in and, and you do PT. Um, as I said in the last video, I won't go over old ground. But that can be a run. You, you can be doing circuits in the gym. Uh, occasionally, you'll do a speed march in full equipment just, just to sort of keep, keep your hand in. That can be interesting because there you are, your elite commandos. You're the peak of. British physical fitness, right? But not everybody is. When you get to sort of... Uh, when you get outside the fighting companies, so you've got three fighting companies that make up a fighting commando unit, you get the support companies. That's heavy weapons, mortars, and the assault engineers, for example. Well, I was in the assault engineer troop um, during my time in uh, the Northern Ireland conflict. And some of the guys in there, they was a bit big. And I don't mean <clears throat> that kind of big. I mean, they had big stomachs. And 
it was quite funny that after a mile of doing say a six mile run they were they were history right they didn't get into trouble for it it was it's just the way it was um so anyway so yeah you might go for a run occasionally like i say the odd speed march sports very much encouraged in the forces if you're good at say kickboxing or boxing or it might be playing hockey whatever it is you would be put forward to go and play against the other services or our uh mother service senior service can i say the 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 royal navy who the royal marines is a part of probably upset some people by saying senior service then but but yeah you'll be like for example i played football i represented the whole of the royal marines right i'm not i'm not brilliant at football but because i was on ship i represent the royal marines against the navy you see which was um excuse me it was quite a nice thing to say I'd represent the Royal Marines. I also represented the Royal Marines in fly fishing, believe it or not. I went all around the British Isles um, fishing for the Royal Marines. And of course, you get all the time off you need for any of these sports. So it's it's what's called, it can be what's called a jolly, right? Although getting your head battered in in a boxing ring maybe isn't that jolly. Um, so yeah, so let's just say you are a really good cyclist. You can like write your own ticket, what you want to do with your day, because that then would become your kind of specialism. And yes, you'd still be say in a fighting unit or in a in a support unit or in a headquarters unit, but you can be just literally off every week on some cycling race against someone somewhere even civilians right so yeah that's sport in the royal marines then you have adventure training obviously there's quite an extensive budget for the british armed forces paid for obviously by the taxpayer um as such adventure training is really um promoted and you'll have say two weeks where where you're in your commando unit and it will come up on on your orders right folks fellas got to be careful how you say that these days because now they allow women to um join the royal marines if you want to ask me about that my you know how i see it from a constructive point of view put you know make a comment I think one woman has passed the PRC so far, the Potential Recruits course. Um, I heard that she's injured at the moment. That's that's all I know. I wish her the best of luck, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, so up on your orders, fellas and girls, you're going adventure training next month. Two weeks in, in the Brecon Beacons in Wales, you know. You know, maybe do canoeing, abseiling, rock climbing, hire bikes for the day and go cycling. We cycled around the Lake District for, for we did adventure training out there for a week. It was really beautiful, really amazing, brilliant to be cycling with, you know, 
30 of your mates all just wearing a pair of shorts, going stupid on bicycles, stopping at every pub. There was one chap, he fell off going down the hill. He he collided with someone, fell off. And we and you can imagine 30 Banzai Marines going as fast as they can down every hill. You didn't have helmets and stuff in those days. That was That was almost unheard of, right? And the guy slid down the tarmac just took all one side of the skin off his body. That evening, we're all in our accommodation. Some would be some army barracks somewhere, maybe some, uh, not quite a tent, but, you know, some prefabricated accommodation left over from the Second World War, cold, nippy, you know, eating from a field tent, which is like a quick makeshift kitchen, right? A field kitchen. But uh, yeah, we're all there. We're getting ready to go out for our beer that evening. Big part of the forces, big problem uh, that affects a lot of veterans because of the drinking culture in the military. We're getting ready to go downtown. And this lad's like, smudge, smudge, help, help me get my jeans on. And he's he's getting dressed with his body. He's been in hospital all afternoon in casualty, A&E. And he's he's trying to get dressed because he doesn't want to miss going out, right? That, if you can understand that, that sums up almost like the, at times, insane ethos of, of being a Royal Marine. So, yeah, that's adventure training. Um, exercise, yeah. What I didn't mention in my first video, you go on exercise, right? You've got to train for the business of war. And that's what exercise is. You can do troop exercises. That's just you and your 30 or 32 uh, oppos in your troop. Plus your, 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 your sergeant, you know, obviously your lance corporals and corporals are in that 32. And then your sergeant and your troop sergeant. And you might pack up all your kit, your bergens strap on your fighting order and your your sa80 rifle although that's got a different name now right could someone put that in the comments for me um and then off you go maybe up to dartmoor and you'll camp you know you'll put your bivvies up for a week or used to sleep in bivvy bags quite a lot and you'll just practice maybe in your troop or that might be at unit level where the whole unit goes up there and, and you practice or you might go to, say, Salisbury Plain and have it uh, a multi-service um, exercise. So it might be the Navy's out at sea getting tasked to, to, to provide covering, you know, covering fire or to bomb a, a, a hillside or a position. You've got the army there. The paras are doing their bit. They're going to, you know, parachute into... In, into position on, on at their grid reference, you know, and crying their eyes out when they land and they bump their elbows, you know, and just like call home to their mum. Joke. If there's anyone a Royal Marine would want to fight alongside, it would be a para any, any day of the week, you know, massive, um, Massive respect for the parachute regiment and uh, 
uh, as veterans, that respect just just really grows grow stronger, you know. Veterans got to support each other. It's all about men- mental health, you know. So, yeah, so you've got these multi-service uh, um, exercises. You might go abroad if you're lucky, and you might do an exercise with the Yanks, right? And there you are as Royal Marines. You're yomping in 30 miles in full equipment. The Yanks are there. Fuck that, man. We're waiting for the choppers, you know, and they're getting their McDonald's, like, flown into them. <laughs> you think you might think I'm joking. I promise you I'm not. Um, they got massive budget, the Yanks. I'm not saying they're lazy. They've just got a huge budget. They can afford to get choppers everywhere. So, yeah, so it's international exercise, right? Um, for Northern Ireland, we did, we did, uh, you do a build up. I'm going to say it's probably very similar to what they'll be doing for, Af- for or what's been done for Afghanistan. Um, slight obviously slightly adapted for that theatre of war. Um, we went to a place called Lydon Hive and we practised patrolling. We practised stopping terrorists when we recognised them in the street and just, you know, having a, giving them a, running a few questions by them just, just to show our presence on the ground. We practised doing vehicle checkpoints. That might be a snap VCP where you just go stop because you suspect something about this car or there's been an incident and you're, you're just stopping cars, right? Um, you obviously first aid is a big thing. Everyone's got to know, you know, if you start spurting blood, your mate has got a stamp on that literally. And, and one of my buddies um, got shot. The hole in his leg was like that big, right? And what another one of my colleagues just shoved his knee in there just to just to to close off the artery, you know, it's serious, serious stuff. So, yeah, that was Lydon Hive. And obviously we, we were practicing on the ranges and shooting a lot. Um, I've got weapons training here on my list in Afghanistan and I'm going to shut up for this video. So let's take that one at a time. Uh, weapons training. Strangely enough, that wasn't something I did a massive amount of after I'd left training. You do a lot of it in training in the Royal Marines. You have what's called weapon stances, which are these small huts with an open front, a bit like a little theatre, right? Or, yeah, just just this little, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Make You make up a name for it. like. No one will know you're making up a name for it, right? Because you're not doing a YouTube video. So you're in your weapon stance and you're learning. Obviously, my personal weapon then was the SA-80. Um, we fired uh, the we fired rocket launchers, okay? Those ones you see in uh, Vietnam movies where they go, and then you you throw, throw them away. Um, what we did, because obviously the rounds that go in them are extremely expensive and they blow the shit out of things, right? So we would get um, not a dummy round, but like a small imitation 
So you put it in, you could still fire. It was almost like a little firework that would just go off and it would simulate fire, firing a rocket launcher, right? Obviously, if you're like in anti-tanks uh, or, or mortars platoon, you're going to go out and you're going to fire those things live on the range. You're going to fire, la uh, you know, laser guided missiles, wire guided missiles, all that kind of thing. I'm not going to pretend I'm like up on modern weaponry, guys, because I, as you know, I left quite some time ago. But um, yeah, that's that. Uh, little interesting story. When my buddy got back from the Falklands, it was actually my former business partner. He said, Chris, we stand in these weapons stances. And he said, our corporal would be like, come on, guys. Like, show some enthusiasm. And he said the guys would just be like, fuck it. And what it was is they knew that all these kind of drills that you get taught, safety catch, change lever, that's automatic or single, right? Change lever, off magazine, check check your top round, cock the weapon, checking, you know. He said, Chris, in the Falklands, all that was just fucking bullshit, mate. He said, you had, you, he said, the first thing the Marines did was they all threw off their helmets they put their green berries on. Did a long when when they took like Mount Kent and Mount Harriet and the like. He said all you saw was a long line of helmets where they just said we're Royal Marines, we ain't wearing a helmet. Put their green berries on, and he said all this stuff about tactics. Fuck off! They just walked up the hill. They lined out and they just walked at the enemy. And when it when the shit went down, they just got down and crawled got up, fired, crawled. He said, Chris, there's none of this, like, put your ma empty magazine in your pouch. He said, fuck that. He said, get it off the weapon. Throw that fucker as far as you can. Get the next bastard on there. Cock it. And, you know, go and kill fucking Argentines, right? He said, nasty, nasty business. And let's not, let's not glorify it, you know? Um, makes me, like, very proud of the Royal Marines, but it, and it all make, also makes me uh, just sad for those Argentines. Many of them were like 16-year-old conscripts, right? I've read some amazing books about it, about the paras on Mount Longdon, and hopefully I'll talk about that at some point, right? But Howie was, was my part, my business partner. He said, Chris, no one was interested. They just knew when you go to war, all that, a lot of that stuff, it, it's it's just unrealistic, right? So, yeah, that's enough about um, weapons training. As I said, I didn't do much in the unit. All we used to do is go and zero our weapons. To zero your weapon means you're just getting the sight in, right? You've got a combination tool. You've got a little screwdriver. You can adjust your, your horizontal and your vertical of, of your pointer, right? So that you can obviously zero, align your weapon and, and get your shots on target. You normally do that over, say, 150 meters. So you're not zeroing it too far and you're not doing it too close, right? But we didn't do, I didn't learn about any other weapons while I was in the unit. I just zeroed my own. I'm guessing with Afghanistan, that's different because there are other things, items of equipment that you need to learn about, right? So, yes, yeah, so Afghanistan. As I said, funnily enough, it might surprise people, but the role, that the boys and girls have been playing over there is very similar to Northern Ireland. In fact, it's kind of the same. 
You're going out. You're trying to dominate the ground. You're trying to put a presence on the ground. You're trying to intimidate the enemy. You're you're interrupting their supply lines by stopping cars, searching them for weapons. You're searching for devices, IEDs, improvised explosive devices planted in the ground or the command wires that might be coming from some of them. Some of them are operated by remote control, right? Like maybe a a mobile phone and, and the like. You're kind of, it's almost like harassing the people that you suspect are are involved and guy when i say enemy i'm talking in like you know stereotypical military terms i'm i'm not suggesting that i've i've lived worked and traveled in 80 of these countries all seven continents right i've met some people with some strange ideas different to mine but i've never met anyone that i'd consider an enemy right so it's so yeah, so you're dominating the ground. You're 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 harassing these the what you perceive as your enemy, right? You're making their life difficult for them, so they can't just move move around. Um, you'll get you're trying to get intelligence from the local community. You're keeping um, you've got observation posts, so you you you're trying to keep an eye on that activity. Um, we didn't have air cover in Northern Ireland, which is obviously a big. Um, difference what we had was ground cover we would only go out on foot patrol when there was a vehicle satelliting the area or or two or three or four vehicles right the reason for that is if the ira tried to take a sniper at us which they did on at least two occasions um you can see my video by the way you know what's it like to get shot i talk about that um if you've got these vehicles satelliting the ira won't risk putting a guy in a building because like he's got to get out of there right and it only needs the vehicle to come up the road what they do is they wait for the vehicles to be in the wrong area or when we were shot the vehicles hadn't even left our camp that's why they took their chance right so yeah so that's afghanistan um haven't haven't been been there but by the by the way no well i've been i've been to the afghanistan border funnily enough um but yeah that's it so stay tuned for part three and if you can subscribe just helps me spread a a, like a no bullshit message right and that's what we need in this day and age cheers friends thank you for listening to the bought the t-shirt podcast please like subscribe and share and don't forget to follow me on social media Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. 
Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.